0: Welcome to the Creative Plan Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, aka Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story and Tilda Wimblewick from d Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can please look us up at www.patreon.com slash cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello. Look at you lovely people. Some of you are very far away. So far! But I still love you. You can come closer so I can like hell my love on you even more. But if you are afraid of it, I understand because I'm very abusive. So, <laughs> hello, hello. Excellent use of my favourite colour, <laughs> black. Like all? Certainly like my soul. <laughs> I'm what you call an old school bath. I've gone so far, they've gone right back through time into the 19th century. <laughs> so, my name is Madame Askew, and this is my dearest friend, Temperance. Yes? Um, we are costumers and uh, avid steampunks. Yes. Temperance has been creating and sewing and uh, for more than two decades. Yes. And uh, is also formally trained at the University of Arizona as a costumer. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. All right. <laughs> yes. And Temperance, I'm going to be very mean. You may now introduce
0: me, oh, Okay. <laughs> Uh (laughs) it's hard to say how long I've known this lovely lady since she's about 137 and has traveled back and forth with time so I've literally forgotten the days or years or travels that we've had it's very complicated but uh, um, as myself she also has been uh, stitching for decades (laughs) of course for her is it a millennia? If we uh, don't know. We've lost track. The Darjeeling in her bloodstream basically serves to preserve her in her gloriousness. <laughs> and not only is she an accomplished seamstress and milliner, um, but she's a career faucet maker. <laughs> and formerly German And speaks four languages. Oh my goodness. And she's a true Renaissance woman. Oh, that's is is it's awfully. Cute. Skilled in improv. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Normally so, we
1: don't bring in those other details. Not to, you put um, me
0: on the spot. Thank you. <laughs> creature. So we are having
1: um, Steam Hunts and um, I uh, sort of took over and learned the Tucson Steamp Society in half of the last nine years. Nine years. Nine years. Okay. Uh, so we are very active here in Tucson. I travel all over, time and space, but mostly the Southwest, occasionally Canada. Really like it there. Wisconsin, Wisconsin in November. <laughs> yes. It's for a very good cause. Tesla cog is an amazing invention, but uh, it's already snowed, and I'm... <laughs> I have concerns. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, won't be wonderful. So yes, but we do steampunk well in the southwest, and we started out with the Tucson Steampunk Society together. Yes. So um, a while ago, I thought it would be nice to do an introduction to how to get into steampunk, sort of more of a nitty-gritty, if you will, as well as some philosophical underpinnings of the genre. One of the things that I see happen a lot temperance is that when I am meeting people who are interested in doing steampunk, who are new to the genre, or even new-ish, there's always this question like, where do I start? What do I wear? What is steampunk anyway? Yes, that's usually the first three
0: questions.
1: Yes. And I, I think, unlike many other genres, Star Wars, you have canon, sometimes contentious canon, Sometimes an out side force tells you that some canon is no longer canon. <laughs> but there is a canon from which to fall. Um, Star Trek, very clear canon, you know, that even if sometimes you wonder how those Klingons have changed, oh, so much. <laughs> so, so dramatic. You know it's the opera, actually. <laughs> but there is, there's canon, so there's something you can go to. But with steampunk, it's a little bit more amorphous, right? Like, do I have to wear brown? Must I put gears on my clothes? I like gears, but how much weight am I expected to carry when I walk down the hall? Have you walked through the hallways of this place? I, I try and limit myself at 15 pounds of clothing personally. If I put the entire workshop on my back, it's very tricky to move. So there's these questions of like, do I have to have this certain look? Is only the brown and the short skirt and the long tail and, you know, gentlemen in that one particular waistcoat from a gentleman's emporium, is that my look? Do I have options? And I mean, yes, you do. (laughs) It's, It's a little bit overwhelming. It can be. How many options? So my general personal rule of thumb, and I'll let Temperance speak for herself on this one, is that you can literally make anything steampunk if you can tell a story about it that sets it in a steampunk world. So if you are wearing a polo shirt that you've got down at the corner store and you you embroidered gears on it and you show up at my you know, steampunk tea party. You say, Madam Askew, I am, uh, you know, a very busy man. I am a, a messenger service from the future, sent back in time by this very rickety airship. It was terrible. I'm like, you're a steampunk, clearly. Right, <laughs> have a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm pretty open in my personal interpretation. But having something that vast, it's really impossible as a beginner to like find a toehold. It's like too many choices. You just told me everything was possible. Could have a rope, like just a
0: hit. What about your Um Yes, and if you have an idea of a, a character, you can you can create your own individual character. Yes, or you can. Hey, I want to steampunk up that Deadpool go ahead. Anything is fair game. Um, With the steampunk, anything can be steampunk. You already have steampunk in your closets. You just don't realize it. (laughs) Uh, Blue jeans are a really wonderful gateway drug to steampunk. Um,
1: So the thing about steampunk, what are the hallmarks? I think it's really important for going for a look in steampunk, whatever your look is going to be. Think anachronistic a bit at of time. I personally think that if you pull from the 19th century, at any point in the 19th century, from any location on the globe that we live on, on Earth, that you are going to add some flair to your costume that will place it in steampunk. So I think that's sort of anachronism kind of helps inflect the costume if you will. Um again that's very broad but It gives you a little bit of something to hold on to. So we're not historical reenactors. I never feel like a costume has to look like it stepped out of a fashion plane. And mm-hmm. now you're looking at me right now.
0: She <laughs> <"You laughs> looks like a fashion plane. <laughs>
1: <lady." laughs> <laughs> but um, this is why I like denim and blue jeans because it was invented in the 19th century and you can do everything with it you can make anything out of it you can create a frock coat or a corset or a bustle or trousers or you know your aerialist costume I wouldn't do the parachute. It's very heavy for jumping out of an airship with denim. But you see what I mean? You could just take this one item, and because it has that connection to the past, if you make a lot of different things out of it, you are creating a look that's a little bit anachronistic, but you can put your own stamp out of it. And I like denim as a beginner place, too, because you can thrift it very heavily. You just go buy old blue jeans and cut them up and make them into quite beautiful things so
0: yes and uh, thrift stores are your friend in general you can always find something that will work okay maybe not always because I don't generally can't find stuff in my size I also have some <laughs> issues at the thrift store that's what we tend to make but you're not required to make You can expand on what you currently have. You can add to something that you purchased. I mean, you can invest a lot. Some people do. Others, they don't spend very much at all. And they come up with the most amazing steampunk costumes.
1: So upcycling is a grand tradition in steampunk. I don't know if you remember the vogue for that term on Etsy a few years ago. Everything was upcycled and had a bird on it. (laughs) With Steampunk, you can upcycle it and throw gears at it and you're starting to sort of get there. Or not, the gears are optional. Sometimes I really want a gear, sometimes I want more lace. You know, I'm a fickle creature. Exactly. But but upcycling things, I think one of the other hallmarks of Steampunk is really this sort of do-it-yourself aesthetic. So Temperance, I agree with you. Making things is not required, but many people come into steampunk and suddenly become makers. We're a little bit like a gateway provided that way. We're like, oh, you want to do steampunk? I can show you how. You, <laughs> should, uh, you should come to our free workshop. Exactly. We're going to teach people how to drill and that and make, uh, make pouches. Yes. Yeah, it'd be fun. In fact, our group here in town regularly does workshops where we teach things for free because we want people to learn skills if they want them. So there's a big element of like making it yourself, doing it yourself, creating your own vision, which I also think is part of making whether you like get in there with the soldering iron or the shears or not, like putting pieces together in your own way. Putting your own mark on it. Absolutely. It's it's really the punk part of steampunk, is that ethos of do it yourself, and controlling the ideas yourself, taking it back from sorts of, uh, you know, the outside influences who are trying to tell you how you look, which is why a lot of steampunks are like, oh no, everything is steampunk. We won't tell you how to look. We're punks. <laughs> oh, that actually came up just right. <laughs> so, so that that's part of the challenge, of course, but also the joy is refining your vision. Now, for me, so we're just replacing safety. Upstating this with gears or with laces or studs or grommets. I really love grommets. Oh. <laughs> That's the motion you make when you're handling a lens. It's very satisfying. You've got to get long. the face. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> the, the face is necessary. Take
0: out your first reach. Yeah, no, but no, no, 2 and I have a course.
1: It's very cordic.
0: It's great.
1: <laughs> so um, I do find some sources of inspiration to help me narrow my personal vision for costumes, and I know you also
0: pull from I a
1: mean, lot of things for inspiration. Yes,
0: I love the Victoriana. I've always yes. been attracted to the silhouettes of the bustles and stuff, and. Which is probably why you and I gravitate to one another. Yeah. Stage. No, we both um, have a
1: problem. Yes. We're addicted to buzzwords. Uh, yes. yes, true. <laughs> it is. Hi, <laughs> my, my name is Emily. <laughs> I'm a
0: bustle hawk. I'm a bustle too. This is that the same space. <laughs> <laughs> the <first time. laughs> No, we have a problem, we just don't it's want to stop. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> do I um, really need that new costume? <laughs> yes. What do you do? I do. <laughs> That's it. That, I,
1: I will say this yeah. as an aside one of the other really great ways to get into steampunk is to find a friend <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and to have a person with whom you can create things. Mm-hmm. So I do like the fact that we have an active community here, we will provide a friend for you. Yes. So if you're like, I'm new and I can't convince anyone else on this whole gears thing, I just really like it. It's fine, come along with us, we have like two, three hundred more of us in town who will put gears on things
0: with you. So, um, and the one thing that we are, our local group does is uh, Every so often, we will have a meet up where we just bring all of either old costumes, pieces, or, or crafting materials. That say, you know what, I'm not going to use this anymore. But we all get together, and then, oh, you know what, I can use this, and right. it's we just swap them. Which that is one of our things we love to do in the group. Um, but having someone with whom you
1: can bounce ideas off of is very handy. And and I do that with each other a lot. Yes. You and I both love the Victoriana, but I'm also really inspired by a lot of steampunk fiction. So I go often to the books um, I, and I sort of read how my favorite author is creating their world. And I take from that some ideas about how I could uh, reimagine the 19th century through like What would it be like if we had our own personal computers that were steam driven in the 19th century? How would that affect my clothing? Would I need a whole backpack to carry it? (laughs) Or (laughs) would I need to bring a trolley with me everywhere? No! If they look so heavy and I'm a weak, fragile creature. Did you see me try and get up on this stage? Because I not like weak things with things on wheels. <laughs> we do those two. Before. That's true. So I I like uh, quite a few steampunk authors. Um, Sherry Priest, Elizabeth Baer are two of my favourites. Um
0: Gail Calliger. Yeah. Ah. She inspires my hat. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You <laughs> well, wearing a, a hissel penny A hissel penny. So uh,
1: some of it can be just looking at their world and how they have sort of morphed the fashion and taking some ideas from that. Um, some of it is just thinking about, like, how they've used fashion to tell the story of their character. Uh, for me, that's a very big piece of what I do in my steampunk Because I view it as... Uh, communal storytelling that we're doing and that the costuming is part of that. So um,
0: I like to look at how the pieces create the ideas of the character. Yeah, and I like to create pieces that are interchangeable with other ensembles. Yes. I like to make mine, like you'll almost always see that I have black as my uh, accent color because then I can mix all my and I also have a twin sister. So hers is all brown. <laughs> so, and she's brown to gold. And I like the blues and blacks and silvers. And <laughs> so that people can tell us apart. And uh, yeah, no, um, this is
1: important. The detail here is identical to the system. <laughs> so we do need the colour coordinating. Especially
0: when we first started nine months to be straight. <laughs> she told us apart by our husbands. <laughs> it's, true. It's, true. It's, true. it's true. I'd be like where's the
1: husbands? I don't know who I'm talking to. So
0: now they colour coordinate. Yes, exactly.
1: Um, so books are a wonderful source. And if you are looking for some suggestions of steampunk reads, Goodreads is certainly a good source. Um, also, we have a Tucson Steampunk Society book list on Goodreads
0: that you can look up. But there are a few different uh, lists of steampunk Because reads. just as there are many styles of steampunks, there are many styles of steampunk fiction. I think one of the fun things
1: about steampunk fiction is what you get more of is like, this is a steampunk murder mystery, this is a steampunk space opera, this is a steampunk romance. So it's set, a story set in a steampunk world, so you'll have a different sort of genre within the genre. And so, if you're really into mysteries, there are some mysteries that are really good. If you like hard science, there is some steampunk that's for you. If we're really into the nuts and bolts of things. Um, I particularly like uh, Elizabeth Baird does this wonderful series of steampunk novels, and she has the most outrageous sewing machine. It's like a full body automaton, that is some mad science, it's really good. So, um, the books are a wonderful source. We don't have a lot of cinematography
0: go No, we don't. But it is improving um, and they are uh, writing more in this style, like say, for example, Carnival Row. Yes. Has anybody
1: watched Carnival Row?
0: Yeah, yes.
1: A few has. So it's definitely a grown-up show. Mm -hmm. It's not good for, you know, young people.
0: No. 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 But it has, um, there's a lot of steampunk elements to the um, uh, aesthetics of it. Uh, uh, Industrial, uh, uh, (laughs) steampunk can be dark and gritty. It can also be bright and clean, but um, uh, there's usually a heavy element of technology. Technology, um, specifically a Victorian technology uh, or a retrofuturistic view of like Jules Verne, H.G. Wells. Think of machines that would be designed by someone Victorian but serve a purpose similar to a modern need. So form and function.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, really ornate things. And so that's another piece of putting together your steampunk costume or props, getting into the genre, um, is more is better. More is more, so the more trim, the more little details, the more fussy, fiddly bits uh, you can put into a costume without actually falling over. Um, it's good, That's why we use a lot of resins and mm-hmm. things that we 3D printers are a <laughs> We do like to take materials some folks are very dedicated to if it was not created in the nineteenth century, I will not use it for my steampunk. Which is legit. I'm not one of those. We don't
0: ascribe to that. No, but because it's it can get no. Oh, heavy. A heavy the wooden backpack so with full brass fixtures no, 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 no. is, heavy! Very heavy. And if you're wearing that for more than an hour, you will be sore. Yeah, no,
1: weight is definitely a thing to keep in mind. Um, the old things look really cool, just natively. They have that patina on them, but they're heavy. They're heart, they're expensive. So going that route can be spendy and difficult. Um, so I think a lot of us look for other solutions. Steamwork is their similitude. So it is a fantastical made up world. There yes. is no canon, right? And so who's to say they don't
0: have resin? or use or just plastics earlier from, i mean uh cosplayers for decades have been repurposing materials foam to do armor uh those sort of things same exact everything with steampunk it's just we painted a little different
1: yeah now patina is a really good thing to sort of work into your costumes as well as your, your props and things give it depending give it a bit of that it's been lived in. It's been a little bit aged. Personally, I give my Tina by just abusing my costume <laughs> by like going out to the world and
0: living in them, falling over. Yes, but but then there are some people like to play like a grease monkey or like a, an engineer character type of thing, and they will have like painted on grease so that they can wash their ensembles. But the grease stain the grease stays there because it's it's really just painted on or dyed, so that it gives them a look and then they might touch up their face with some makeup. Although notice Let's touch on that face makeup for a moment. <laughs> so,
1: definitely do put the grease and the smoke and the soot on your face. It's really cool looking. <laughs> but also definitely be super careful mm-hmm. where you put it, because occasionally make yourself look like you got punched in the face (laughs) because you are heavy-handed with the black coal and your entire friend circle comes to you one by
0: one for the entirety of the event to ask you, who did it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, the point is you put the goggles down, then you apply, because then when you lift the goggles up, it looks like, Rather than getting much Safety first. Wear your goggles. Although that's not mandatory. (laughs) (laughs) So in the 19th century, they believed that safety was third. So you could definitely... I don't know. uh, Third's pretty high on that list. (laughs) (laughs) Safety can be a little lower there. Or I was 70th,
1: it was (laughs) 10th. It was not high. So another thing to think about is like, if you're sort of doing a 19th century flexor costume, um, consider all of the ways you could be injured <laughs> and, uh, uh, how you could represent that in your costume. So you'll see a lot of people do you know prosthetic arms or prosthetic legs and will have a goggle or a monocle or you know something scarring and damage to their costumes. It gives it a look like you're going through a world riddled with industry that's completely unchecked and trying to kill everyone, (laughs) which is pretty historically accurate, actually. That part's not fantastical. It's one of my favorite things to do is to tell actual horror stories from 19th century manufacturing. (laughs) We have some (laughs) news. being murdered again. by a machine that way, you could put it into your costume like, oh yes, that's the time I was nearly poisoned in the mines from the arsenic died, and that's why my fingernails are permanently green.
0: <laughs> oh, I lost that limb to a, you know, Cotton gin, oh, yes. uh, the my... cotton gin,
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. that's where my hand went. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and, and I had to have a uh, traumatized lungs because of all of the cotton dust from the cotton mill. Yeah, all of that's real, by the way. die. So, um, it called, it's, but, Yeah, cotton lung. <laughs> it was called cotton lung. It was. <laughs> so, um, putting some battle damage or lived-in damage on your ensemble can be really fun, and that's. I am a really twisted lady, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm a steam I'm a steam <laughs> um, So, but that's why getting things that have been previously worn, printing items, you already have some patina in the ensemble, right? Now that said, not everybody—not everybody does, you know. you do Manual labour. Mm-hmm. Not everyone engages in trade. <laughs>
0: some
1: people are like. Me? Yes.
0: You have your estate.
1: I have my estate and ways of having money, which we don't discuss. <laughs> it's much too gauche, but it appears. And um, I then pretend like the world is a very clean place, <laughs> the steampunk land, and I just go forth and lace the some petticoats and hope for the best, right? Um, so you don't have to be grungy. You can be very lavish. Think about the story you're telling with those choices, right? If you are an airship pirate, will you be pristine? Maybe? Are you an airship pirate dandy who installed a solar-heated bath in your penthouse suite on the airship? And you, like, bathe twice a day, much to the chagrin of the rest of the airship? All right, so you are Adam Ant of the airships, <laughs> and I'm about it. But maybe if you're an airship pirate, you're going to have some
0: wear and tear, right? Or maybe you're a Western style. I mean, we do live in the weird West here. We do live in the weird um, West. Uh, my husband, he does a Western style steampunk um, and will often decorate, you know, cowboy hats. and uh, He has a more lived-in look. Not necessarily like dirty, it's not, you know. Just just as mine. Out. Oh my. Um.
1: <laughs> so, also, I'm just gonna. I'm like jumping, my jumping. <laughs> I'm ignoring the elephant in the room. Displays his shirt sleeves. That's right. For a 19th century gentleman, he's a rapscallion in shirt sleeves. So clearly, he's not an aristocratic, you know, ne'er do well who sits about drinking tea and eating cucumber sandwiches all day. He's out in the world getting warm and needing not to die from wearing five million layers of clothes. So he just goes about in his undergarments. I mean, because shirts are undergarments, just FYI. <laughs> no, it's
0: very scandalous. It's just it's a nice coat.
1: No, I didn't no. take them
0: anywhere.
1: Next thing of the ankles. <gasps> <Stangles. laughs> oh, there I, am. I jumped right into that. So I always go for the ankles. Every I forgot time.
0: my hand. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sensibility. Um, oh yes.
1: yes. So think about you know what you do in the world, what your C world looks like, what your lived experience might be, what sorts of dangers you could have, or if you have no dangers. Think about the story you're telling mm-hmm. with your costume. And you know, every costume could be a story. Not everyone dedicates themselves to a singular character that they built an entire wardrobe for. Um, so some people, every day, as a new ensemble and a new character. Some people are unkind to Madame and have a new character four or five times a day. And I'm very confused because I'm elderly.
0: <laughs> Who are you now? Which character? <laughs> some people don't have any character at all. That's they not. just like to dress up. They love the aesthetic. Right? I mean, having a persona, having a character is not mandatory. It's just enjoying the, the, the aesthetic style um is enough for them. And that's perfectly valid. Absolutely. There is no reason that you have to come up you don't have to have a persona, you don't have to have this backstory and you know, six-page, you know, doctrine on the um, oh, no, matter. <laughs>
1: Prince you wouldn't be talking about your personal experience at all. That's sure. <laughs> true. So you don't have to have a character, but thinking about the story your clothes tell can be a helpful way to navigate making steampunk costumes. So that from this whole thing where we say literally anything is possible in steampunk, you could say, yes, but these are my limitations for this particular ensemble. I'm going to be a cryptozoologist.
0: Right. So I might have, like, you know what? I've got the tooth. Right here, this job, see? Right, and also maybe not
1: stilettos. Maybe you wear really good boots if you're a cryptozoologist,
0: right? Nice pair of wellies.
1: Because stilettos will sink in the box around
0: Loch Ness.
1: Very messy, so. Um, but thinking
0: about the activities you might do are, are fun ways to navigate, or just, or just get an idea over of a motif, perhaps, yes. you know, you you like certain something that you've seen a, a general aesthetic, but you know you wanna you want to accessorize it or you want to expand it in a specific direction. You can start off with just like a piece. We ha- we know people who are they they find some item and it inspires the costume all around that one individual item. Yes. And uh, we met one just the other day who it's like she found this. Um, it was the brooch. Yes. And she discovered it and she created an entire character idea just from this one small thing. And then she, now she's slowly creating it. Yes, and creating a costume and props
1: to work around that brooch. And maybe a different costume and props
0: will come together around a different item so. Sometimes it's a hat. I've known people, it's like they, they They buy their hat, and they're like, I love this hat so much. I'm like, you know, what can I wear with it? Ooh, I can get this vest, this vest. Oh, hey, that kind of belt over there would be really nice with this. And it starts to progress. And then they head out to the thrift store and find, you know, belts to make straps for... Oh, yes, 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 exactly. So... Um, And... Then you can they repurpose it to make like some type of arm harness or something. Right. Like a piece
1: of, piece of, or a leg harness or, yeah. a, or a hat harness yes. and
0: everything.
1: We oh. like harnesses a yes. lot well, of steam packs, that type of thing. All the harnesses. <laughs> so having some unifying elements is a very helpful way to navigate through the vastness of you know this open ended answer that Steamboard can be any. Um, oh, but there, <laughs> there are some other sort of places you can find ready made ideas and art that can kind of help kick
0: you off too. You could go down the Pinterest hole. Oh. oh. Like start looking at steampunk images Pinterest and then realize, oh my god, four hours have gone by.
1: Right? Doing, should... a, doing a Google search or a Pinterest search on steampunk images will pull up lots of costume ideas and inspiration. One of the things I'm always a little bit cherry up with those hits on a Google search for pictures is they're very much same, same, same. So, and that same, same, same is wonderful and looks really cool. Sometimes it can feel like that's your only option is to wear brown and to wear stripes. Now, I mean, stripes are good, but you can also have paisley. In Steampunk, I, I promise. Paisley is an option, if you really prefer it. Or florals, right? Or skull
0: prints. I'm here for it. Polka dots. Oh, that's it, I Polka dots. Madness. I did, I did an apron bustle, a bustle. All polka dots. Of course, I was going for a mushroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, if, when you're going to Google, and you look at the images, don't feel compelled to recreate them, but they can be a source mm-hmm. of inspiration. Um, there are some makers out there who have been at it for a long time, who are very prolific and sharing their art. Um, I'm particularly fond of James Ing, who's a steampunk artist out of Southeast Asia. He does really incredible steampunk art, has a very strong Mandarin feel to it uh, from the latter part of the Chinese empire. And so it has a very different vibe than something you might find created in London, right? But still very visibly steampunk in this sort of anachronism and the technology presence.
0: Yes, because the Victorian age happened to everywhere <laughs> well, I like to not just, so, so i like to say
1: it's the 19th century that we do a lot of victoriana queen victoria lived but the 19th century happens everywhere, everywhere. Mm-hmm. and so if you're pulling from the 19th century you can pull from all corners of the globe mm-hmm. and we also like to look at historical photographs yes. a lot and to look at fashion magazines from the era especially the inventive latest patents, the things that the they're pattern. thinking about making because some of their designs were possible garments. They're like, oh, I don't think that was possible for them to make, but we've got <laughs> plastic.
0: <laughs> we've got the meat.
1: We, we've got heat guns. We can do this thing. So they really came up with some fascinating ideas and you can translate some of those um, speculative concepts into your own work. Right? And just there was this thing with inventors where they would make these sort of new Goldberg-like concepts to get around to a solution for a problem. They'd be very complicated. The 19th century was full of very complicated solutions to simple problems. So that's another thing you can take away. Like, maybe I just want a really complicated costume because. I walk as I can. (laughs) What if your zipper required a pulley system that you operated from a shoulder rig? Like, Oh yes, I'd like to take off my coat. Let me enact the coat puller. It will take five minutes. (laughs) Look
0: (laughs) at (laughs) this.
1: (laughs) Raise (laughs) the bottle.
0: It's time to sit. I'm engaging the pulleys. (laughs) So you could just throw... I invented the handle there. Endless
1: parasol. You, oh, you did. did invent that, and I invented the self-sharpening <laughs> <app within, so. laughs> right. knife. So, you never so you can just add some sort of mad science to the ideas as well. So, looking at. Historical items, looking at the silhouette, thinking about what, what would happen if I threw my science
0: at it, and they had some really, really mad science then. Oh yeah, the nineteenth century was full of
1: a lot of speculation and very little, you know, data in some instances because anatomy was new, chemistry was still kind of coming along. Um, Yeah, so the science is pretty out there. All right, we have about 10 minutes if you have questions. We've gone all over the place, giving you, I hope, a few tactics to approach creating your own. But if you have specific questions, we would like to answer them.
0: uh, Yes? Uh, What is your advice, opinion, thoughts on adding fantasy or magical elements to (laughs) Steampunk? Yes, please.
1: (laughs) Some people are kind of commutants about that. They're like, no fantasy in my Steampunk. I'm like, well, the science is sort of fantastical. as it is. And I love bringing mythology and sort of things like the Loch Ness Monster into Steampunk, right? That's like a
0: little fantastical. So, I'm for it. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Wild Wild Westcon theme coming up in next year is Magic and Mystery of Steam nice. So, we are fully embracing the fantasy for that convention this year. And Carnival Row is actually and a very really good, good because, example. Yeah,
1: because it's it's definitely skirting a boundary or a border space of being, like, kind of alternative history, kind of high fantasy, but a lot of industrial 19th century stuff. So, Beale's Steampunk, without having as much of the mad science, they're airships
0: going. Instead of science,
1: they have magic. They have magic. So, I think Carnival Row is a really wonderful example of how you could do it. Um, I also like this novel called The Necromancer* by uh, Martha Wells. It is like a, an early steampunk novel and there's a lot of magic, but the magic is treated like it's science. So they're very codified in their approaches. It's great read if you like to read it. So I hope that helps.
0: Any other questions? Yes. Are you currently wearing hat pins? Oh, okay. actually, no, I am not wearing a hat pin because this hat actually fits so incredibly well oh on my, my head, head. head that I was originally <laughs> going to put one in, um, but I have no need of it for this one. So I
1: really want one. This
0: is the most magical hat I've
1: ever had. jealous, are we going to like, you and that magic hat. Um, I'm not wearing a hat pin in this chapeau in part because uh, it's completely covered in silk and I don't want to run a pin through it. It will mar the fabric. So I actually have uh, elastic loops that I stitched into the join of the brim to the crown that I can run uh, hairpins through and I attach it
0: with hairpins directly to my hair. But I do use hat pins, vintage hairpins because they're really sharp and deadly um, on other hands. That's yeah. the deadly bit, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I
1: have a lot of them Yes. I'm trying to figure it out because I'm a big historical sewing nerd. Oh. So I'm the type of person where I'm like, Ooh, I want to do my own petticoats. Oh wait, I have to hand dye silk. All right. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And I'm trying to learn. So, so I'm gonna first
1: of you. all, Dharma Trading is your friend for the hand dyeing. Absolutely, Queen. Um, secondly, do get vintage hat pins not because they're better made. Not, not because I'm snobbish.
0: No, because it's just a worthwhile investment. It is, and most of them. I mean, depending on where you find them, a lot of them aren't that expensive. They're like ten to 25 dollars, 20. right. depending so, on length.
1: And, and, and the nodule, the, the decorative finial on the top is very fancy. I've seen them for like $50, $60. Yes. But
0: most of mine mm-hmm. are $20 mm-hmm. range. Yeah. And then the Edwardian ones are really long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the more Victorian ones tend to be well, a little smaller. Those
1: Edwardian ones, mm-hmm. you will need to get peace bonded, probably. They will
0: notice.
1: I am Good a little. <laughs>
0: poor, oh. <laughs> they, they are sharp they're very sharp the vintage ones are very sharp and they are very strong Mm -hmm. so we are we have five minutes um
1: so i have lots of stories about happiness which i'd love to tell you but um i also want to answer other questions just in case (laughs) otherwise we'll spend the next 15 minutes talking about (laughs) happiness
0: yes do you have any meetups or events coming up oh
1: yes we do so Um, In December, we have one of our biggest events of the year, um, and that is the Dickens Tea, which is happening on December 14th. Uh, We throw tea for about 125 people. Um, One of the best things about that is the table
0: decorating! Yes, (laughs) normally I enter. I'm not entering this year, but normally I go crazy. Um. So yeah. they, they have table decorating the contents, They have entertainment, musicians. We have live um, music. We have raffles and um, auction, uh, um, different things, and, and all tea. of the food and foods. And all of the food is provided by the members. So um, uh, all of them are food donations. Yes. Um, and we just get together, have an amazing time, dress up. Um. I'm de- decorating a table and I have a theme, which I always have a theme. Uh, we'll try and dress in that theme, but otherwise, you know. Everything goes like a, You're never required to dress in any of our beds. No, yes. costumes are
1: admired, never required, it's exactly. our motto. But um, so the tickets will be going on sale for that in the next couple of weeks. Where does it take place? So the tickets tea happens downtown at the Scottish Rite Temple. Um, so we do events all over town. Uh, we do a lot of maker workshops and uh, meetups just to craft. We'll do those at libraries or Not yeah. December usually
0: because of no events. no. So we like... take a couple months off usually. Um, we take March for Wawa Wild Wild Westcon yes. because it's very involved and most yes. of our members are heavily involved yes. in the convention. And so oh, December that... and oftentimes. Sometimes in the
1: summer we'll have a gap just because mm-hmm. of the heat. Mm-hmm. Right, but we're but sure, we try we to. Too. We have book club every month. That happens at Antigone Books. Mm-hmm. We only take off March and December for book club. It's the second Sunday of every month. Um, our social
0: gatherings vary by the month. Uh, so this month's social gathering is some Comic Con, for instance. Yes. And once a year, we like to get dressed up and date Pinnacle Peak. Yes. <laughs> oh, <there's> always. <laughs> January and in February, we do that.
1: And that's a great event because the people people let us bring up to 120 people. <laughs> so we could just all descend. So um, it's pretty fun to get in on that. We take over the whole park. Um, we do go sometimes to the cinema together, or just have tea parties. So it varies every month. We try and gaslight theatre. What? Well, we'll oh, gaslight theatre.
0: Um, that's a good place for small costumes. It's mm-hmm. there. It's very yeah. mm-hmm. So yes, we uh, yeah the workshops we a lot of them uh, are some type of crafting. Um, would like do, uh, of we, craft. we, we like to do different types of crafts. We like to try to keep it you know not just only.
1: So I hope that answers your question. They, they have been all over the place. Yeah. Any, another we have one last yes.
0: Where can folks find you online?
1: Oh, well I do have business cards up here on the table. Like a professional which I am. <laughs> <laughs> um so you can find me all over social media as Madame down this Temperance
0: issues at social media down- I'm just
1: going to take it all down with me and in my ankles.
0: <laughs>
1: so, um, you can find temperance by finding me. <laughs> because I talk about it all the time online. And I post a photo. Partners in crime, We are.
0: You are implicated in many, many activities. We want. We will do what we call tutorials sometimes. Yes, we do. We're, we're working on a project. Will record it um, and uh, stream it so that people can, like, say, you know what? I have to pipe this dress. Let me show you how. Yes. So we do, we do that. So Facebook, Instagram,
1: and Twitter, main places you can find me. I also have a Patreon where I post deep dives on costuming, literature, steampunk culture, and events, and um, also offer sewing lessons and that sort of thing. So, uh, uh, one last question? Yes. Yes. Was that a hand up or no? <laughs> it was like. All right. Good. Any other questions before we? Yes. Yes. No. You see, I'm like, I was a teacher. So if you like wiggle your hand, even like in this zone, I'm like, is that hand up? <laughs> or are you waving? Like, <laughs> right. also lines
0: God, She's just following the movement. If you don't move, she can't track you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Stay very still. I'll never find you. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm very fond of it. You guys. We're all
1: So, thank you so much for joining us. The Two Star Steampunk Society is here this weekend. So if you want to see some of our ideas of what steampunk art can look like, come down to the booth. We turned it into a can of curiosities. Um, So it's full of a lot of art this weekend. Um, Otherwise, please feel free to follow me online. I love to answer questions. Teleprits can also be roped in to answer
0: questions through me. (laughs) <laughs> and I have cards up here Alright, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network And feel free to enjoy our other shows Such as D&D Journey of the 5th Edition And Scion, Ragnarok and Roll A Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story Thank you for listening. Hello, this is Eric.
1: And Wendy Strzok with Stone Valley Hobby and Games.
0: We sell board games, card games, role-playing games, and supplies. We have thousands of Magic the Gathering cards available, carry Kickstarter products, and work with veteran-owned small businesses to bring you our own line of products.
1: We are a small business retailer, but we offer competitive prices, a loyalty system, and
0: free shipping on orders over $100. As a military veteran myself, I'm a strong supporter of our armed forces, their families, and contractors out there doing the hard job. So any order from an AA, AE, or EP address will be shipped absolutely free.
1: Remember, StoneValleyGames.com, where we take your leisure seriously.